Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Nobody does Radio Row like NBC Sports Radio. Exclusive broadcast continues with more live coverage from Super Bowl 54 in Miami. Can't beat that. Now, here's Florio. Four. Of Pro Football Talk Live, NBC Sports Radio, NBCSN. Hello to our good friends in the UK and in Ireland enjoying the program on Sky Sports. Hour number two of a four hour extravaganza day, Hall of Fame head coach Tony Dungy. Coach, uh, yeah, we've had a fun week, and we were talking earlier about how both work done and Reggie Wayne told us some stories about their time with you. But obviously, anybody who's ever encountered you has nothing but the highest praise, and uh, they, they just they, there's a glow that comes over them when they talk about their time with you. Well, and those are my guys, too, and, and that's the thing. People say, hey, what did you miss? What did you take from it? Those relationships and those guys, I remember work done coming in as a 21-year-old and saying, you know, we're talking about giving back to the community, being part of Tampa. And he's, I, I want to do something. I want to do something special. I want to honor my mom. And, and you don't know what that's going to be, uh, but it ends up being 174 houses for single moms. And uh, John Lynch, who's uh, with the 49ers now, hey, I want to do something too. And it's scholarships for worthy students in the Tampa area. Right. And when you see guys go from, hey, I, I just want to be on the team. I just want to start. I want to win a Super Bowl too. I want to do something different. It's it's a thrill. It really is. Yeah, well, it's a tribute to you, Coach. I mean, uh, some of those guys you had on those teams, they're just great people, and that's because of you. And uh, I know I witness it every week, and I probably bring down your profile as a human being on a weekly basis. But you know what I'm always amazed by, too, Coach, is just that – you know, great coach, you're awesome, you're a communicator, all that. But, like, the real fact of the matter of how you, the person, motivated people on the team. Like, I know I've had coaches where I didn't want to let my coach down. And how many times your ex-teammates have said to me, like, he was a guy that I was going to do the little things during the week and at practice because they didn't want to let you down. They were all about that. And I just, I had to say that, and uh, you just got a magical way about you that way. You really do. Well, thank you. And that, that's what we tried to create. And it's interesting, John Lynch, when he went to San Francisco, uh, we were on the phone, and he talked about 
creating the culture. He said, we want to create a culture out here of winning, and that's what I want to do. And I said, John, well, you, you know how to do that. Get the right guys in, demand that excellence, right. and you're going to be fine. And that, that's what they've done. Yeah, they have. Have you had a chance to talk to John as the Super Bowl approaches? I have, and uh, he's, he's a little nervous, and I keep telling him, I, I have a feeling, and everyone thinks it's going to be a close game and a great game, and I, I hope it will be. But when the Bucks went to the Super Bowl, I talked to John and I said, "You guys are you're going to blow the Raiders out because they haven't seen a defense like, like this. this." Right. And John was like, "Oh no, don't say that, don't say that." But it was it was this high-powered offense: Jerry Rice, Tim Brown, Charlie Garner, Rich Gannon. They're right. throwing the ball all over the place, and the Bucks came in. I, I think people didn't expect to they see did, that. And they they did. shut them down. You're right. I remember watching the game on TV and going, "Whoa." The Bucks look like they're in fast forward, and the the Raiders look like they're in slow motion. Yeah. And over, and I know that, you know, I, I I think there is some sentiment out there where, I feel like it's a, it could be a close game, but I think if everybody thinks it's going to be a blowout, it'll be the 49ers that kind of just overwhelm the Chiefs. Yeah, and, and you feel and that way too with just that, the defense that and the run game. Defensive front, uh, they're so big and fast and agile, and Patrick Mahomes has been able to create on everybody that he's played against, right. especially in the playoffs. I don't know if he's going to have time to create in yeah. this game. We'll see. Yeah. Well, And that really is the key. And I agree with you, Coach, because there's this perception that teams are so evenly matched, it feels like just one fluke here, one big play there, and one team's going to get broken. And Dan Marino was talking about that earlier in the week because Super Bowl 19, the Dolphins and the yeah. 49ers, we thought, hey, it's going to be a great game down to the wire. Well, the Dolphins got snapped early by the 49ers, and it just all falls apart. And that's another one. Uh, I picked that game wrong. We had played both teams in the 84 season. Right. And the Dolphins blew us out twice with just Marino and just unbelievable passing. It just seemed like they couldn't be stopped. And we beat the 49ers, gave them their only loss, and we slowed Montana and those guys down. So I'm thinking – this high-powered offense, they're, they're going to outscore San Francisco. But the San Francisco defense uh, was underrated, and, and they made the difference, and they, they slowed the Dolphins down and kind of won the game handily. So I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, boy, San Francisco has a great offense. Kansas City has a great offense. Kansas City has a good defense, but San Francisco has a, a great, great defense. defense. Right. And I'm just wondering why Kansas City's favored by a couple of points when you look at it that I, way. It's because of this big guy that's wearing the one-and-five yeah, jersey over here, right? Superman He's the quarterback, and you can't, can't stop stopped, him, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm always interested to just, like, take us into what it's like being the head coach on a Friday of the Super Bowl. Like, what were you what, what were you nervous at that point, or were you just wanting the game to get here? What, what were the feelings? I stayed in, in my normal routine. Uh, my boys uh, were really young at the time. And so we went to the NFL experience. Awesome. <laughs> and we did what I normally do on Fridays, take the family out. And so Friday afternoon, we're at the NFL experience, and people are looking. I would have been like, so what? That looks like the head coach. <laughs> what is he doing here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we're having fun. Friday night, we went to the gospel presentation. But all our work was done. But I, I tell you, I can sympathize with Sean McVay. Sean said last year, I think I overthought this whole process. Right. That can happen because you have your week at home. Yeah. We're in Indianapolis. You put in your game plan. You do everything just like you would in a normal week. And then you come down here and you repeat it. Right. And you start thinking, gosh, I don't want to leave anything out. I want to make sure I'm And so you start overthinking. And I remember all week up in Indiana, we had said, we're keeping the ball away from Devin oh, Hester. Oh, please tell this. We're yes. 
kicking to the corners. We're practicing squib kicks. We're pooching it high. We're punting out of bounds. He's not going to touch the ball. And I get down here during the week, and I start thinking, this is a Super Bowl. We can't play scared. We can't do this. And then we have a chapel service about David and Goliath, and the chaplain says, you know, David ran right at Goliath. He wasn't scared. That was the difference. And I said, yeah, we're, we're playing scared. You know what? I come in, we're going to kick the ball. I hope we lose the toss. I hope we kick it right down the middle. We pound him, and they're going to know we mean right, business. Right, right. Set the tone. The worst decision. Crazy. <laughs> dumbest decision. But that was having a week too much to think about there. Right. Yeah, I took it to the house, and uh, it all worked out in the end, though, for the Colts that day in Miami. That rainy day. That was the other thing, too. You tell that story about oh. Peyton Manning, the weatherman, that week. We are looking at the weather reports, you know, two weeks ahead of time, 14 days in advance. And, you know, it might rain. We need to practice with wet balls. It's Peyton, I live in Florida. There's been 40 Super Bowls. It's never rained before. But, he, no, we just need to do this. We practice with wet balls. Wow. And sure enough, it rains the whole, the whole game. game. I know. Yeah. I was sitting in so, the crowd. But we were ready for it. We were prepared because that, that was Peyton. Leave no stone unturned. Yeah, well, what was his attitude for Super Bowl week? Because oh. it was such a big moment for both of you, like as far as legacy and everything, and people were riding him so hard at that time. He was into it. Uh, he wanted to play well, definitely wanted to win, and he took it to the nth degree again. He watched – Every game of the Bears, all 16 games, he watched the three preseason uh, or three postseason, two postseason games. So right. he's watched all this. And then he tells Jim Sorge, our backup quarterback, I want you to watch their four preseason games to see if they did anything in the preseason that we haven't seen. I mean, he just was – and, and I'm like, okay, just relax. We, we know these guys. You play against this defense right. every day in practice. You don't need to know right. any Similar more about scheme. it. They were playing Tampa yep. too, just yep. like you, right. But he was dialed in. Reggie told us a story about being over at Peyton's house at one point, and he's got a theater room. And he opens the door, and he's like, this looks like the meeting room from the facility, all the way down to every detail, every single thing. It's the exact same room. It was. And I didn't, you know, I'm at that time, I don't know anything about Wi-Fi or any, any of that. He's got the exact hookup. Everything that Jim Caldwell and Tom Moore did, at practice in that meeting room could get transferred right to his house. So he got the game plans Tuesday night, hot off the presses. He got the cut-ups, everything that we were going to see on Wednesday pumped right into his uh, basement. And that's the, that's the way he prepared. Did you ever feel like you had to, like, like, like relax Peyton? That he was, yeah, I mean, you, what, what was All your approach time. with doing that? You just, did you just talk we had to him? A, we had a seven-year fight <laughs> over Family Saturday. <laughs> I came from the Steelers organization Saturday. You brought your kids to practice. Right. It was when they could see where their dads worked. I'm sitting there holding John Stallworth's son when it's offensive period. He's holding my kids during defensive period, and that's what Coach Noel wanted. Right. So I go to Indy or Tampa, I put that in. I go to Indy, I put that in. Well, his MO on Saturday was he had a yellow legal pad of every play that wasn't exactly perfect on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Holy He cow. wants to run them over on right. Saturday. Uh, right. So he's, you know, we're going to have 10 plays on offense. He's got 40 that he wants to run right. on Saturday. Right. So we compromise. Okay, show me your top plays. We'll run them again. Then he's, you know. I really need to run this at full speed. I don't need Marvin holding his son walking through the route. <laughs> so I'm with you on this. Can we just keep the kids maybe in the locker room? No, no, hey, Family Saturdays won a lot of Super Bowls. We'll be okay. Yeah. So that was a battle, but like once a month. Fast forward, when I started working for NBC, he's out in Denver now. 
and uh, they said, can you go out and do a story on Peyton for the opening game? So I go out there, Brandon Stokely, who also played for us, stops sure. me before I even get to the locker room. He said, you will never believe what Peyton did. Now he's got twins. He said he went to Coach Fox. Said we need to put in family oh, Saturday. Oh, we need to get the he's kids, got kids out now. Here. Now he wants family day. I love it. <laughs> That's great. Coach Dungey's uh, with us here. Why don't we take a quick break? You're going to hang around. We got some I more will. time. I want to talk more about the X's and O's of the Super Bowl. We've talked about the Chiefs and the difficulties they may have. I'm fascinated by this San Francisco offense. This old school Miami Dolphins. Bob Greasy never throws the football that we've seen over the past six quarters of, of playoff football. We'll do that with Coach Tony Dungy when PFT Live continues right after this. And we're back. Getting geared up for a Chiefs-Niners showdown this Sunday. We're breaking it down, then putting it all back together. Now, back to Pro Football Talk Live. Here's Mike Florio. We're still here in Miami. Coach Tony Dungy joining us for another segment as we get closer and closer to Super Bowl 54. And, you know, Coach, this is a strange game for me because it isn't all that complicated to understand where the pressure points are. If the 49ers can run the ball the way we've seen them run it all postseason long, the Chiefs are going to have a hard time stopping them from scoring points. And if the 49ers front four can get to Patrick Mahomes, then the Chiefs are going to have a hard time scoring points. And if they can't, then it could be a shootout. I mean, it's, it's very, very simple in the big picture stuff. And we talked earlier about the Chiefs. From the 49ers' standpoint, do you think the Chiefs can slow them down? We saw them slow down Derrick Henry in the championship game. Can they slow down this 49ers running game? To me, Chris Jones is such a key. Right. Chris Jones, to me, is like Bob Sanders was for us. That Chiefs defense we saw a couple of weeks where we just saved. What's going on? Right. And he comes in, and, and against Tennessee, I don't think they were going to play him a lot. And then things got a little dicey. Derrick Henry got going. Right. He came in, made a couple plays, a tackle for a loss, disrupted the pocket, and now that second half, he's in more and more. And so, to me, his health is a big key. Can he play 50 plays, and can he give them that push inside? Because that, that's what they're going to need. If they can't stop that inside running, it'll be a, a long day. But to me, he and Tyron Matthew are the keys. Yeah, you, you, your, your gut feeling, though, if he's there healthy, that you think they can at least slow it down I, to I a degree. I think he gives them more energy. Right. He, he just gives them a sense that, that we can do this. And uh, that, that was missing during, during certain parts of the year. What, what is it to you, just the ex-defensive brilliant mind, when you break down the run game of the 49ers, when you look at it, that just is like, that jumps out to you? You know, they're, they're very... Uh, precise at what they do they they block things a certain way they they have a good sense of what runs are going to be effective against each team and right. then I, I go back to Bobby Turner I played against he's their running back sure coach. it's a legend played against Mike Shanahan coach teams and you you know it doesn't matter hey Terrell Davis Olandis Gary uh Tatum Bell it, you know player after player after player would go in and he tells them, hey, there's going to be a hole. You get one cut and I want you to burst through it. If right. you dance, you'll be on the sideline with me. Right. And so those guys go in and you see how hard they run. It's no and nonsense. It's, whether it's Mostert or Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman was not a north-south guy right. in Atlanta. Right. And he's turned into that. He's made inside runs. So I, I think it's just a mindset that, hey, we're going to get a hole 
and we're going to be effective, and you're going to run through it. The other thing I, I like to talk about with those guys, we always talk about defensive front sevens. Yeah. This offensive front seven, when you include George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk, yeah. they've got as good a front seven blocking unit as anybody in football. Yeah. How do you balance a defensive coach with, like, okay, I know we got to do maybe some creative things in the week of the Super Bowl. We want to throw a few curveballs at them, but not overdoing it. Yeah, and I don't think you can throw curveballs, but I think it's what do we give up? Okay, we're going to have to commit. Tyron Matthews is going to have to be down there close to the line of scrimmage. We're going to have to get a tackler in there. How, are we going to cheat on Kittle? Are we going to cheat on Debo Samuel? Right. Are we going to cheat on Emmanuel Sanders? Who are we going to give up to get this running game stopped? And to me, that's what Kyle is going to have to figure out. Okay. This is what they're doing. Who's going to be the hot man in the passing yeah, game? Right. Okay, so if the Chiefs have success in slowing down the running game, then the focus falls to quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, who had eight passes against the Packers, who in the second half of the game against the Vikings hardly threw the ball at all. Well, and that to me was a key. We were at the game, yeah. and he threw a ball that should have been intercepted. About three of them. And then he threw an interception. Right. And after that, it was like, okay, right. we are going to – We don't trust you. You're out of the trust tree right so, now. Right. If they can do that, if they can get them where they don't just feel like, hey, we can mash these guys and run the ball, it's going to have to be a balanced game. It'll be interesting to see how the 49ers react and, and if they, in fact, go to letting Jimmy be creative. And, and I think that the message that we detected, it can't be lost on the players, even though they say all the right things because they have to defend their guy. Internally, they have to be thinking, what's going to happen if we can't run the ball and Jimmy has to throw it and we get near misses and maybe they won't be near misses this time around. Maybe Tyron Matthew pops up out of nowhere and picks off the ball and it changes the entire complexion of the game. And it, it also, they've been ahead in these games and that is a big advantage to the 49ers style of offense. I remember 2004, I was at Indy. We're playing Mike Shanahan in Denver. Um, we played them like week 16, yeah. next to last game in Indy, and they ran the ball just like these guys run it. They kept the ball about 48 minutes. We didn't have it, and they beat us in Indy. Two weeks later, they come back in the playoff game. We won the toss. We scored. We got ahead. Something happened. Third down play. We stopped them, and now all of a sudden we're up two scores. Right. I remember the game. Yeah. They – they couldn't they, rebound. Yeah, they couldn't it keep wasn't, up pace. Now they're out of their element in that right. type of game. So, uh, again, how does the game start? Does Mahomes get going early? Do they get the lead? Um, they've looked – San Francisco has looked so dominant in these last two games. It's hard to think they have flaws. But then before that, there's, there's all these last play of the game situations. Yeah, they so, struggled down the stretch yeah. of the regular season. You know, I, one thing like um, – I, you know, you, you talk about the 49ers defense. I don't think people really give you credit for this, and I just want to kind of put this out there. Like the Seattle scheme and everything there really kind of originates from the Tampa 2 and evolved from there. I mean, with some of the coaches down there that I was with in Tampa and Monty Kiffin and, okay, it's Tampa 2, Tampa 2, but they started to really become more of a cover 3 scheme. And I know you really ran more cover 3 towards the end in Indianapolis than Tampa 2. Kind of just talk about that. What people don't understand, I think, about that whole concept is it wasn't cover 2 necessarily. It wasn't a coverage. It was a philosophy that we're going to be dominant up front. We're going to have these fast guys that we can rush four guys and, and get to the passer, and then we're going to play a lot of zone coverage. It could be 
all kinds of zones, but we're going to have seven sets of eyes Looking on the quarterback. The and, we're going to yeah. not give up big plays. Right. So Monty Kiffin really perfects this. Gus Bradley comes to work for him, and then it, it morphs into – He goes to Seattle and yeah, Pete Carroll. And then all the guys who came from the Seattle tree, um, you know, now Atlanta. Yeah, Dan Quinn, Dan Gus Bradley, Quinn right. Robert Sala. The Jaguars the coach. Jaguars. Right. And yeah. so – and so San Francisco now does a lot of the same thing. It's three deep zone to right. a great extent and a lot of that. Uh, and to me, that's going to be the key for Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes may have to throw the ball quick, but if there's a lot of zone, am I patient enough to take that short pass before the pressure gets there right. and then make San Francisco do something they don't want to do necessarily, which is play man-to-man? -man. Yeah, right, right. I get the impression you're leaning San Francisco in this one. <sighs> I'm, I'm usually wrong, so I, I do kind of think San Francisco has the better team, the more balanced team, but I really think it's going to the first quarter is going to really be a key. I don't think Kansas City can fall behind by 10, by 17 like they have in these. If they do that, it'll, it w they will not come back. Yeah. But Kansas City, uh, if San Francisco wins the toss, defers, Kansas City scores the first time out of the right. box, it, it'll be very, very interesting. This one's been a tough for, one for me to call, but I, I see the possibility of a repeat of Super Bowl V where the MVP comes from the losing team, that the 49ers win, but nobody stands out statistically, and Patrick Mahomes is the guy who was the best player in, of the game, and they give him the MVP even though the 49ers win. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, Do you like that? Like, would you ever vote for the MVP on the losing team of a Super Bowl? I don't think so because yeah. I don't know how – unless – it's just such a dominant performance, but I, I don't see how you can be the most valuable if your team doesn't win. Yeah, right. That's, that's the way I feel about it, too. It's, it's tough to make that call. Well, Coach, we appreciate you hanging around for a full half hour with us today. Hall of Fame head coach Tony Dungy. We already miss our weekly we days watching football. It'll be back we here, do. though, before we know it in September. We'll be back with Drew Thanks, Brees, coach. Saints quarterback, yeah. right after this. Ball fever continues now on NBC Sports Radio. You're reporting live from Radio Row at Super Bowl 54 in Miami. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Now, back to your host, Mike, Mike Florio. Future Hall of Famer and longtime member of the New Orleans Saints. It's amazing how many people forget you actually played for the Chargers. <laughs> when, 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 yeah, yeah, he played I for the Chargers. No, he didn't. Yeah, yes, I he played it. for the Chargers. <laughs> Chargers for five years. Five years, yeah. And Saints for... 14? Just finished 14. My yes. God. I, I saw it in action in, in San Diego. I was a backup for the Bucks one year, 2004, 04, I believe, yeah. right? 04, yeah, yeah, you and LaDainian just diced us up. I was like, whoa, they're another level. You know what I want to ask you? Do you know how many ticks you have on the field? Like, oh, you yes. are the tick yes. king yes. of football. I thought you were talking about the bug. No, no, he's not the dick. You're the yeah. one with the bug, okay? Coughing yeah. over here. But you with the... I know, I'm adjusting the pads. I'm licking the fingers. And, and shoulder yeah. shake. I got you I down. I, I got know. you down. You're yeah. unbelievable. Here's the thing. I right. feel like it's gotten worse. It, <laughs> and and I, I, 
I'd say like within the last four or five years, I've really started to recognize it. Like, God, why do I do that so much? I don't even realize I'm doing <laughs> right. it. Right. But yeah, I've just got all these crazy ticks. Yeah, you know, there's a few quarterbacks that do. Like yeah. Rodgers has a shoulder shimmy he does every time. You know, Peyton used to like always do like, you know, this and like pull up his thigh pad. So yeah. I'm like crazy like that. And I look at it. Right. And I get you, a kick you, out of it. You got all these down. I got it. I do it on social media every now and then. I do. I do impersonations. Well, and Dak right. Prescott just told you the other day that, yeah. that the, the Dak dance is, is an offshoot of, of what he He's Drew learned Brees. from watching you. Oh, did, yeah. da- did Dak? Uh, he, he, he said uh, it's all you. I mean, Dak Prescott, Jake Fromm from Georgia sure. yesterday, I talked to them. They all, when people talk <laughs> about mechanics and doing those things, they always talk about you. And where where do you get it from? Who teaches you? Where do you? How do you stay on top of yourself? You guys have probably heard the name Tom House. Sure. Right? So sure. Tom House is one of my great mentors, a guy who I've worked with for, shoot, 15 years now or, right. or longer. And uh I seek his advice and wisdom and tutelage every offseason. You know, we get together and spend a lot of time together. And right. I think at this stage of my career, too, um, mechanics become so important, right? Because I, I can't afford to waste an ounce of anything, right? I've got to maximize. So, I've got to maximize. got to be so right. efficient. And so um, I do pay a lot of attention to mechanics. And I do a lot of stuff just to get the body warmed up. Sure. It involves a lot of those movements, right, right, that, right. that go into throwing a football. Right. Yeah, you know, we have seen man. plenty of quarterbacks over the years who, when they get closer and closer to the natural end, they, they talk openly about retirement because, you know, we look at it skeptically and say, they just want a little attention. They're really not going to retire. They just want to talk about it, and they want people to talk about it, and they want people <clears> to <throat> beg them to play. I feel like with you, that's not the case. No. You're not, that's not your game. That's not what you're doing. You are seriously, seriously thinking about whether or not to come back next year. Yeah, uh, I'm... And, and I told, listen, I, I've had a process, you know, each and every offseason. Um, I mean, listen, let, let's go back to 2014, 15, 16 with the Saints. You know, those were tough years, right? Um, and to give a little history there, there was kind of a shift, shift with our team, our locker room after the 13th season. You know, we had four out of five years going to the playoffs, right. really making a run at it, and right. we lost a ton of veteran leadership on the on on that after that 13 season. Right. So, you know, I felt like there was a shift. I think in our locker room and a lot of things. And 14, 15, 16 were tough years to the point where, you know, we weren't we weren't having successful seasons. We weren't going to the playoffs, and I thought, you know what, maybe. Maybe it's time at this point that I walk away. You know, maybe this game has passed me by. Maybe, maybe it's time. And so I went into the 17 season saying, you know what, this is probably going to be, this might be my last year. Wow. If we have another year like we just had, then this may be my last year. And, man, things shifted. Um, we had a great locker room. We had a great year. Great and year. and, and I, could see, I could see us kind of rebuilding the foundation of the culture by which I knew we could be successful. But it was also at that moment where I just said, listen, I'm going to play each year one year at a time. Like one year, because each year may be my last. And I truly want to enjoy it as much as I can. And I tell you, I've had more fun playing football the last three years than I've ever had. And, and arguably been able to play some of my best football at the same time, yeah, too. And right. I've had tons, ton of success as a team. So I've just taken that approach. And I don't, I don't want to take it for granted. I also don't want to just kind of jump to conclusion so man this season ends and it's like all right I'm, I'm gonna take a deep breath here I'm going to um, just enjoy some time with my family and I'm not gonna make any decisions I'm gonna give it a little while here and let everybody know where I'm at in a few weeks yeah good for you you should you I mean you you certainly deserve to do that man I mean it's been awesome to watch and like I'm, I'm always fascinated by you and like Sean Payton just the combination like for you what is it that makes Sean 
amazing because he talked about you the other day. Like, what is the one thing where you just go, this is why he is Sean Payton? Uh, You're both psychos, so that fits well <laughs> Right. Sean, Sean has a great way of uh, blo- taking all the noise and all the distraction and all the stuff that's happening um, outside the building and maybe even inside the building at times and just narrowing it down to a very singular focus. Right. Like, guys, this is what it's going to take to win this game, right? And this is, this, these are the positions I'm going to put you in to do it, right? I think he's, he's a great teacher. Yeah. Um, he... He, he has, he has a gr- you know, he spent a lot of time with Parcells, right? And so sure. there's a lot of Parcellisms, you know, in, Psychology, in, 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 in the right. way that he coaches. Right. And yet I think he does it at times in a humorous way, a fun way, maybe a little bit more of the new age, yeah, <laughs> right, than not the so old school. And like- yet it's, it, it's th- that part's in him as well, you right. know? So I think he's a great blend of both. He's a tough but fair coach. Always open door policy. Yeah. If you want to know where you stand on the team, you can go knock on Sean Payton's door, and right. he will be honest with you, and he will tell you. Yeah. Um, and he's he's highly competitive. He's highly aggressive. Yeah. You know, as a play caller and right. just as an offensive mind, and uh, it, it makes a lot of fun for for a quarterback. Yeah, sure. High high level of expectation, right. but we work well together. Yeah. Has do. he given you? that same kind of direct message and understanding of what 2020 would be like if you choose to come back? Because it's hard not to feel that they want to use Taysom Hill more. The, the impact he had in the playoff game, he was incredible, but there's only one guy that can take the snap. And I feel like at some level they maybe want to use him more, but I definitely believe they want you to come back. But have you gotten an impression from Sean on, on what the division of labor would be if you're there and Taysom Hill's there? Yeah. No, we, 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 haven't, we haven't gotten that far. Um, but I'll be the first one to sit here and tell you that if, if, if I'm back and, and Taysom's there alongside me, call the plays that are going to put us in the best position to win. Right. And if that means Taysom Hill is taking 30 snaps a game, <laughs> 25 snaps a game, then so be it. Yeah. I'm all for that. Number one, because I, I know what type of player he is and I know right. the impact he can have. Right. And I think that you gave the example of the Vikings game. It was unbelievable. Yeah. The guy pretty much took the game over. Right. 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 Um, He's he's blocking a power play and then he's throwing a touch you know darn near throwing a touchdown on the next play it's and insane. then catching one here at some it's it's unreal what he can do there's nobody like him he's a unicorn but um, he's a great guy too guys on the team love him um, and so uh, listen whatever it takes to win but. If that means Sharon snaps to Taysom Hill, then so be it. And, and I know he wants you to come back. I mean, you would think he's thinking, hey, it's my time. I'm ready to step onto the stage. Give me the ball. I know he wants you to come back. Who's that? Taysom. Taysom? Yeah. yeah. He's one of my best friends on the yeah. team. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So we've got a great relationship. Yes. You, you, like, and I'm, we're going to hit Smoothie King here in a minute because that year I want a protein shake, okay? But, like, either way, <laughs> I want to know, like, do you feel, like, a little cursed over the last few years? I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. I mean, whether it's the Minneapolis Miracle – the debacle in the championship game. And then this year, another curse where you guys weren't even on the field. I mean, that was pass interference by the 49ers. And then, and then, or the push off, you were on the field. For that. You had two like crazy things happen because yeah, you could have yeah. very easily had that first round by. I mean, how do you digest that? Um, well, you can only worry about the things you can control. Yeah, see, that's why you're Drew Brees. I'd be like still pulling my hair out. That's why I'm not, that's why I'm sitting over yeah. here. I mean, yeah. listen, there, there were, there were things. I mean, you could look at all those games, but but especially the last two. Yeah. There's there's things that happened in those games prior to that, that 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 it, had we had we done a little bit better, you know, it never would have 
right. you know, ended up with that. Right. Now, it's still very unfortunate. Yeah. Right? It's very unfortunate, but uh, we don't control that. Did you, no, did you like, when, when did the pit out of your stomach leave after last year's NFC Championship game? Like, I only played one playoff game in my life, and it took me like three weeks no, to wake up. No, you're still not over it. You're I'm still not, not you're right. over it 15 years later. I feel like we're the better team, and I'm sure you felt like that way last year, too. When did it finally, like, you finally get over it? That was it? Redskins game, wasn't it? You're right. Uh-huh. You remember that? I remember it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy the recall. You right, I know. Football, right? I, uh, it um, is. No, I, uh, I was, it was by far the worst loss of my career right? in, in, in the way that I felt after because there's such a finality to it. Yeah. You know, something like that happens during the season, and it's, it's man, on to the next opponent, March right? On, right. You, but, man, it's like just right now it's done. It's over, and especially with the expectation level of, of where we're going and, and what we felt like we, we could accomplish. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was crushing. Yeah, I know. Crushing. All yeah. right, come on, pitch man. Let me hear it. Uh, the king, with the king. Let's do it. Well, well, where's the? Uh, do you want the high protein coffee almond mocha smoothie, or would you like the uh, immune builder? Ooh, he needs the immune builder. I have no spleen. You're working some long day. Oh, that's right. I have no spleen. Last <laughs> right, spleen. Right, right, right. Yes. So right. I, I, I remember that one too. You do remember yeah, that too. Remember that one right. too. Yeah. Right. yeah. I know. I was so disappointed in 2006 because you came to the Saints and I was the starter in Tampa and got hurt that year. And I was looking so forward to, oh my gosh, I'm going to play against Drew Brees and all these things. And uh, yeah, it didn't happen. But yeah, I want the immune builder. We need, we need the immune builder. Yeah. yeah. No. So uh, Smoothie King's part of, part of my uh, my season and off season routine. I yeah. love taking the boys there, but um, fitness, plenty of fitness and wellness blends. It's they've been a great partner too um, with some of our youth sports programs and our foundation. So um, Smoothie King's a great, been a great partner. Yeah, yeah. Chris I'm, is uh, doing. Chris is doing his best to get his own sponsors. He he is going over is the top with. I'm not. The I'm not yes, I he is. Yes, I, you are. I mean, right. I go over the top because like Smoothie King probably Here paid him a lot of money, and I just want to give them. Their so is your diligence. is your pitch going to be? I, I uh, Chris Sims here. I don't have a spleen, <laughs> but Smoothie King keeps me. Keep Keeps me, me from getting sick uh-huh. and getting herpes on my lips and all those <laughs> Oh, things. God, here we go. <laughs> hey, hey, Drew, uh, who you like in the game? Who you like in the game? Um, man, this is tough. Um, well, I didn't play the Chiefs. We played the Niners. Um, I think the Niners are the, one of the most complete teams out there. Right. Um, but I love the playmaking ability of Patrick Mahomes in right. the offense. So, um, I don't know. I just want a high-scoring game. Yeah, you... You, the Niners, who was the guy that, like, we've had a lot of players go, like, oh, Bose is the guy. But who was the guy, like, you were game planning for them where you were just like, holy cow, is he disruptive? He's unbelievable. Well, Bose is a stud, but their whole front four, and then they got, they got substitutes that are coming in right? and, and getting sacks. Right. So I just remember turning on the film, getting ready for the guy, these guys, just like, I mean, usually you have one or two guys that you're like, all right, we're going to chip here, we're going to do a double team here, we're going to do this, and you're just like, just get the ball out. Yeah, right, <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? I yeah. mean, yeah, they, they got a bunch of studs. You tore them up, man. I mean, that was their worst performance of the year, really. You and your all-go special touchdowns and all that. You <laughs> so die, so 49ers or Chiefs? I missed wrinkles. it. Who you got? Who you got? <laughs> um, I, want, I, want, uh, I want Andy Reid to get a ring. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go Chiefs. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. That's good. That's yep. good. Sean did a great job of just completely oh, avoiding the, the question. Turned it on to it. color rush uniforms. Yeah. Or, oh, I mean, he just he did everything he could well, to avoid picking a Well, here's the thing. We're playing both these teams next year, uh, the Saints. So uh, yeah, I, right. I don't, I don't want to add any. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, you just announced oh, your decision. he's coming he's back, just, He's coming back, baby. We're playing. We're not playing. We're playing. Once a Saint, always a Saint. So I can say we, right? Okay, okay. 
good. We, very well played. Well played. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, we wish you the best, whatever you decide, Drew. You, you'll make the right decision for you and your family. And we, we're, we have a feeling we're going to see you one way or the other, either with a helmet on or with a helmet off. Drew Brees isn't going anywhere. But uh, if it brings you back to the football field, we would love to see another year of Drew Brees with the New Orleans Saints. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. You're the All man, right. Drew. Thanks, guys. We'll be back with Rodney Harrison right here on Pro Football Talk Live. Hi, Rod. With more live Radio Row coverage from Super Bowl 54 in Miami. Our NBC Sports Radio. And this is Pro Football Talk Live. In Miami, site of Super Bowl 54, Jimmy Garoppolo. Get back Take to the team little, hotel. Come on, man. Get off that Get bike. Focused, you can crash, Jimmy G. You got all the with the girl. It must be Hey Baby. Hey Baby. Hey baby. Um, oh, wait. Can hey, we go there real quick? Because what? I got some um, inside info on Rodney Harrison, uh, how he got his wife and pulled her into the trap. I mean, you know, driving the pickup truck in college, rolling the window down and coming out with a hey, baby. I just showed up on the scene. I said, what's up, baby? What's up? Oh, and she was like, I'm coming. Uh, <laughs> but then I hear the second time you see her, you lie to her and tell her class has been canceled. Well, if she would have showed up on time, she would have. She would have known. Yeah, she would have known, Chris. <laughs> You're smooth. <laughs> but you know, I'm very disappointed in you, Mike. Thank you last night for the wonderful dinner. Thank you for all the PFT crew that came out. How could you not show up? Be, be, Even our producer Matt Casey came out with his lovely pregnant wife, and you, you go and you make money yeah, as opposed to come hanging out with damn us. Damn right, money time, right? <laughs> it's, so I it's, it's, pa- it's I about got... relationships, man. It's not about the money. Damn, all the time. I spend enough time with both of you. Okay, I needed if Florio wanted to make up the difference for what I was getting paid. Yes, for if, this we'd have, if we'd have paid him what he was going to make at the other place, then he would have come. I'd have came, the but you know, this is going to help me in my vacation in a few weeks. See, that's know? why I respect your dad so much because it wasn't always about the money. <laughs> You're such an ass. <laughs> uh, Rodney Harrison joining us here in Miami. So, Rodney, uh, we were out in San Francisco, and we saw the 49ers before that playoff game against yeah. the Vikings, and you thought they looked too loose. Right. Yeah, well, I looked at Chris, and I said, hey, man, I said, am I tripping, or are these guys, like, overconfident? And Chris was like, yeah, they seem really, really confident. But the thing that I, I, I took from them, Mike, is this is a team that they really support one another. Yeah. Like when I saw um, Tevin Coleman score those touchdowns, Raheem Mostert came and hugged them, and Matt Breida, and it's just it's a team. And yeah. you talk about the closeness of that team, the right. continuity, everything together. I just I like the San Franciscos to to win this game because I just think they're they're a better team. Yeah, they got a little and, me, and it's not to say like Kansas City doesn't have something too. You know, they seem like they got a good team or gelled together. You're right, but like to me, us being out there and then it's just a special feeling. It was a had. special feeling. It really was. It's yeah. like they're fearless and they just they love each other and they have such belief in their coach and their coach and the belief in them. Who Here's did the you question, pick? Though I picked the Chiefs. I picked the Chiefs. So you you went the other way. I went the other you way. I, but I, you were battling this back, all week, right? Oh, back all week. He was, yeah. he was leaning 49ers all week, yeah. and then I could hear early in the week the Mahomes magic. It There's got, just something it about got Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. It Here's got the thing. The looseness we saw, that vibe that we saw. We're in their home stadium. They had both of those playoff games at home. Yeah. Can that vibe carry 
outside of that at that special place where they I don't play see why games. not. I don't see why not. This is a team, and when you're a team, you believe in one another. You believe in your head coach, and that's one of the things they all said to me. Hey, when I asked, hey, man, you ready? Yeah, we believe in Kyle Shanahan. We believe in Kyle Shanahan. They believe in their head coach. They feel like they can go their style of football. They can go. They can run. Right. Play action pass. They got a bunch of different weapons. They can get the ball out quick. They can do whatever it takes to win the football game. I think they win this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. What is what, what to you, okay, is the like the key to the game for you? Like, what's the one thing you look at and just go, ooh, this is interesting, but I just think the 49ers were, will be better or overcome the, it? The one thing that, you know, everyone's talking about the pass rush and the quarterbacks, to yeah. me, it's, it's open field tackling. It's something that a lot of teams don't do. Last year, I mean, this past season, we saw so many bad tackling teams, yeah, but yeah, I think open field tackling, I think that's the key because both offenses have just so many, just a plethora of weapons, but, Mike. And that's one of the things I've been saying about the 49ers. They have found guys who can tackle to the ground, who will hit you, who will be physical, even though they don't practice it anymore. Because I think that's the problem. Teams don't practice with physicality, but the 49ers have a bunch of crazy guys like George Kittle who will go out there. And a bunch he will, of Rodney Harris. Yeah, I mean, I just have guys no who are naturally wired to go out there and play hard, and, and they know how to tackle without practicing tackling. I interviewed Debo Samuel last week, and I asked him, I said, coming across the middle, what do you think? And he says, I think about nothing. I, all I think about is me catching the ball and me running someone over. So he doesn't have that threat or that fear of someone hitting him. Right. He just feels like he can come across the middle. But back in my day, I would have knocked his freaking head off. You come across the middle, <laughs> I know. Like you got to pay the price. Right. But nowadays, hey, he, he's, he feels confident. I can come across the middle. I don't have to worry about anyone taking me out. See, I think there's going to be a premium placed on finding guys in the draft and finding free agents who you can plug into a defense that will go blow up those running plays. The, the guys who know how to tackle, who aren't going to miss the tackles, who aren't going to get abused because they haven't been practicing tackling because they only have limited padded practices and limited opportunities for So contact. you think there's going to be more of a premium of guys who just show reckless abandon with yes. their body and throw themselves around, which I, I mean, I've heard you said that. I, I do think But you can't play that. like that anymore. That's the problem. You can't play like that. the 49ers are playing like that. Well, they're playing controlled, but well, it's but not my, many defenses well, not that play like style. that. Well, not to your style. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, it's not the old school way. Right. Yeah, he's talking about the new school version. But yeah, your guy, you knocking people's heads off over the middle, those those days are done. And done. I, I don't like it. I don't. How do you envision if Kansas City were to pull it off, right? Like, what do you think it would take? Is it a Jimmy Garoppolo interceptions, That's or is it just question. Mahomes just being on fire? What I, is it? I think it's Andy Reid stepping outside of his comfort zone, right? And as opposed to passing the ball, maybe running, getting to Damian Williams. I think this is a guy that can really help them kind of be that element of surprise against San Francisco's defense. Yeah, yeah and Damian right. Williams was 12-1 to 1 to be Super Bowl MVP. When I saw that, I thought, somebody in Vegas knows something. Right? They, yeah. they know something. Right. That, that maybe the Chiefs are going to run the ball more. And than Andy Reid won't run. Yeah. That's the thing. He won't yeah. run, so why not run now? Yeah. We got plenty more PFT Live to come. Thanks, Rodney. We'll be right back. <laughs> Rodney. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.